and welcome to episode 32 of the Graph Golf Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Fairholm, and as you may have guessed, our attention this week is squarely on the Masters at Augusta National, the first major championship of the year in what I would call the most iconic tournament in the game. You know, one of my favorite parts of this week is all of the anticipation that comes with the tournament. People have been talking about it for months. Speculation has run rampant about who can contend. And there's also, I would say, a, uh, a major storyline, to put it lightly, out there that could come down to the last second because Tiger Woods says he is a game-time decision to play. As I'm recording this now on Monday, he has not officially said he is playing, but the initial indications are that he looks really good on the practice range. So by the time you are listening to this, he may have already committed to playing. And that is my prediction at this point. I think he 100% tees it up based on everything that we've seen. Uh, just absolutely remarkable that he's at this point. I honestly did not see this coming. I did think he would play at St. Andrews for the Open Championship later this year. I made that a bold prediction at the beginning of the year in our Bold Predictions podcast. I thought he would make the cut there, but I'm pretty stunned at how quickly he has recovered and reached a point where he can play and apparently play at a pretty high level. And you know, the thing about Tiger is that he will not show up at a golf tournament if he knows he has no chance of contending. So. I believe he will play at this moment. And if he does, I think he can make the cut. I'd be absolutely floored if he finished in the top 10, but he is Tiger Woods and he can do incredible things. But I would just say a word of caution. When he won here in 2019, he had been playing excellent golf at a sustained level for a long time heading into that tournament. That will not be the case, obviously, this time. Augusta is a super difficult walk. I'm actually gonna be out there this week and I'll be making that that walk multiple times. Believe me, you are very tired when you get off of that golf course. Uh, just extremely hilly and difficult to walk. We'll see how he fares. Uh, it will be fascinating. To help me break down all of this, I invited Jeremy Schilling back onto the show. He's been on a few times before recently and uh, he's back on again this time. We recorded this last week prior to video surfacing of of Tiger practicing and walking around his home club and then eventually going to Augusta to practice with Justin Thomas. So we didn't really know at the time how realistic it was for Tiger to actually play in this tournament, but I actually decided to leave that part in in this podcast because I think it's a great time capsule for how a lot of people felt leading up into this tournament, just the unlikely you know, nature of, of Tiger actually competing, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I don't think any, anybody really thought that he was going to actually play. And then, uh, and then he comes in and, and seems like he is at this point in time, but Tiger, just a small part of this conversation. Uh, we get into pretty much every player you can name at, on the top of the board and uh, our, just our excitement for this tournament and a lot more really, really is a fun conversation uh, heading into masters week. Before we get there, just a reminder that here at Graph, we are working hard in preparation for our upcoming launch of a smart golf ball and analytics platform that will allow you to become the smartest player in your foursome. If you wanna stay updated on our progress, you can subscribe to our newsletter, which can be found via our website, graph.golf. And if you wanna consume more of our content, we have a lot of articles posted at the club, which can also be found 
on our website. Much of our content is related to analytics in golf, and it's a great resource for understanding things like launch angle, ball speed, spin rate, and a lot more. Any beginners out there, even people who are more experienced in the game, there, there are a lot of things you can learn there on our website. Okay, let's get right into it. Here is our 2022 Masters Preview. And now we welcome back a man who needs no introduction to the podcast, Jeremy Schilling, here to talk about the upcoming Masters Tournament at Augusta National Golf Club. Jeremy, how's it going today? Oh, that, that, that gives me goosebumps, just hearing Masters Tournament in Augusta National Golf Club. Uh, I am excited. I'm ready. I can't wait till Masters Week is here. A lot of questions. And by Sunday the 10th, we will have those answers. It is one of those events, Sean, that when my family is trying to schedule something, a sporting event takes precedence over family. It's rare, but that's the way it works around here. I believe the Thursday and Friday of Masters Week, uh, there's some stat out there that says the uh, that they are the most popular day for, for vasectomies to happen because it's just an excuse to be able to watch golf and just sit around throughout those two days, normally work days. So uh, I, I would agree with you. I think uh, the Masters is a great excuse to uh, to be able to stay home and any, any weddings uh, cannot take place during the during this week or if they do we have to have a have another tv on the side during the ceremony obviously it has to be an a.m wedding yes a.m wedding PM wedding much preferred much preferred yes. how would, nighttime wedding how would you rate your excitement level for this masters compared to previous masters more excited less excited always about the same level of, of excitement you sound like a man uh you know, calling me on a political survey. How do you feel about this candidate? Love, <laughs> hate, somewhere in between. The thing about this year's Masters, Sean, is that I don't know what to expect. Hmm. We have had a bizarre year in golf. We had the Players' Championship, which took about five years. Uh, they are still, by the way, completing the 2022 players in the year 2026. I'm not sure if you got that press release. <laughs> um, so from where I sit, I look at this in two ways. A, is this going to be the year that somebody who has been on these lists of guys who will break through at Augusta breakthrough? JT, Xander, Cantlay, you know, Terrell Hatton. I'm blanking on very obvious names here. Uh, the Bryson factor, which is always a fascinating one. Brooks. Uh, 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 Brooks, Cam Smith. Is it going to be one of those, or is it still going to be knowledge? I think from a tournament perspective, what I'm looking forward to most is Thursday at about 5.30 p.m. Eastern time. Here's why. In 2020, in November, that golf course clearly was not, you know, the same as it is in April, right? right? I don't think it was fully back to normal last April. You could still kind of see some of the areas where I think some wear and tear happened. Sure. Now, though, there's been a full year. 
So we'll get a little glimpse of this during the Augusta National Women's Amateur, but I think we'll get a better look at it when we get to Thursday afternoon at about 5.30 and we hit the second nine on Sunday. Because when we hit, sorry, the second nine on Thursday. Because as you hit that second nine and as you start looking at how certain guys are going to play these holes, you're expecting a bounce here, a bounce here, a hill here, a ball not to stop here, a ball to keep rolling here. And that is going to be a telltale sign of how much this course is healed and how much this course is ready to go. So that's what I'm looking forward to, Sean. It's an interesting dynamic heading into this because arguably, you know, the biggest storyline is Phil not going to be playing at Augusta for the first time since 1994. What are your feelings around that? I mean, I think it makes sense. Uh, we, we've we've talked uh, you and I at length about the situation, but in terms of that feeling of him not being there, I mean, Phil is as much Augusta as pretty much anybody over the past 20 years or so, and he's not going to be a part of it. Uh, how, how do you feel about that? It's going to be weird. It's going to be really weird. You know, one of the things that I think Phil did is he made a smart decision, which was, well, let's back up. Do we believe he's suspended? Yes. That's, that's part of this. You and, you and I are, are in agreement that he is suspended. What I have been told is that Augusta National did not have to abide by the suspension if they want. Just on general principle, they did not have to abide by the PGA Tour suspension. If that is true, then this is kind of one of those nudge-nudge deals. Very similar to, to Dustin Johnson and, and his six-month leave of absence. It's, guess what? Just take this year off. Sorry, you messed up. Take this year off. If that's the case, I give Phil a lot of credit for not fighting it. He could have waged a very public battle here, and he chose not to. It's going to be weird. I hate to say what I'm about to say, Sean. I hate to, but I'm going to say it because it needs to be said. Phil Mickelson was not going to win this Masters. Nope. He had been playing atrocious golf. He had been playing atrocious golf leading in to the suspension, non-suspension. What happened at the PGA will go down in golf history, I believe, as being one of the greatest one-offs in all of professional golf history, man or woman. When it comes time for the honorary starters to begin on Thursday morning as Tom joins Jack and Gary, things will feel normal. Things will feel good. Things will feel normal. I think What's going to be really interesting is you have a crop of guys that could lead this golf tournament that are not household names. And this is no, this is nothing against these players. But if we are in a situation where at the end of Thursday afternoon, Taylor Gooch Lucas Herbert, Garrick Higo, Jason Kokrak, Rob McIntyre, Ryan Palmer, Hudson Swafford. Is this if your list here? Your, creating a pool? If that's your leaders, then I think Phil's absence becomes more notable. Mm. Then Tiger's potential absence becomes more notable. That, I think, is when this matters. 
if it's Kepka, Rom, Rory, JT, and you know, um, Will Zalatoris, then I think it's a non-issue. But I think Phil's presence will be missed depending on what the leaderboard winds up being, if that makes sense. Yes. And I want to get into favorites in a second, but you just mentioned Tiger. Yeah. We got to talk, talk about it. It's still technically a, uh, a mystery as we're recording this. Your, your feelings about the, even the thought of him having a chance to play in this golf tournament. It would seem remote. It would seem odd. It would seem like Tiger has probably made a decision and has told Augusta National what that decision is and is purposely probably trying to steer clear of all the various events going on this week, um, which is a smart move um, as to not cause a, a distraction. What I think you are going to see is ultimately Tiger just attend the champion's dinner. And here's why. If he were to participate in the par three contest, this becomes the PNC again, and this becomes the start of the Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Yes, golf Twitter is not the real world, but look how much of golf Twitter, Sean, when the Hall of Fame ceremony happened, was focused on how Tiger was walking because he came in in, in uh, workout gear and shorts. Mm. There was no sleeve on the right leg. How's the gait? How's the walking? How's the pace? When they posted pictures of him walking down the aisle, the uh, corridor inside of the global home of the PGA Tour, how does he look? Does he look better than he did you know, back in December? And when you're in these scenarios, I feel like if Tiger were to participate in a par three contest, unless Charlie and Sam really want him to do it, it would create a, well, if Tiger looks like X, then we're definitely going to see him at, you know, St. Andrews. Or why isn't he playing this week if he looks so good in a par three tournament? If he comes for just the champion's dinner, then we're just like at the Hall of Fame ceremony where there's this little blip on the radar of him walking, but was that the headline coming out of the players? No. So that I think is ultimately what he decides to do. And one quick thought before we get into some of the favorites here, assuming he does not play the masters, your thoughts on still the possibility of St. Andrews, a a flatter layout, given more time uh, all the way until July. For, for that tournament still a, f- a few months away for, for that to happen. Still a possibility? even 1,000%. Way more possible. Um, the only other reason why I think if he decides to play by the time you folks out there hear this, if he decides yes, I believe that that will because, be because in his mind, he knows his next start is St. Andrews. Mm. I think the PNC took a lot out of him. He's obviously worked hard to regain a whole bunch of the strength in that leg, but there still will have to be these gaps in time before we see him. The opportunity of somebody to be able to participate in a sport is paramount. And I think that will ultimately ride the day that you have to be able to 
go compete know you can compete know you can't do further damage and then ultimately try to figure out where you want your next start to be and work backwards in a sense jeremy i'm going to start in what one could argue a unique place when talking about some of the the favorites here you know the guys who are we know are actually going to be playing in this golf tournament yeah cameron smith Obviously, you just won the players. You won the Century Tournament of Champions with a record 34 under par score. You look at his record at the Masters, it's, it's, it's awfully good. He has three top 10s uh, out of his four top 10s in major championships. Three of them have come at Augusta. We know how great of a putter he is. He had that on full display at the Players' Championship. How could he not be, let's say, a top three or top four favorite heading into this golf tournament, given how how he's playing, you know, he skipped match play. He's going to be pretty well rested for this golf tournament. Uh, he loves this place. It just is not, it just seems almost too obvious that he's going to be in contention. Don't forget also in that 2020 Masters, which just got overshadowed because of what DJ did, um, he began the first in Masters history to shoot all four rounds in the 60s. So when you have a track record like that, I think not only is it good mojo coming in, but he doesn't have negative scar tissue. It's the same with Will Zalatoris. Now, two very different players, but Will doesn't have bad scar tissue, really. So I think for Cam, it's going to be getting off to a good start. I think if he needs to press, there's something wrong happening. He needs to golf his ball, hit it in the fairway, and go from there. His Yes, his putting, you know, when you gain 11 and a half strokes in the greens, I mean, it's just ridiculous. But if you look at the rest of the stat package coming out of Sawgrass, it was very solid top to bottom. Not overly, you know, insane, but it was really solid. That's the stat pack that I think you need. This is very similar to Scotty Scheffler. Scotty Scheffler, in my mind, who... For in, in my mind, becomes the second favorite under the under the criteria you're laying out, Sean. Also, just needs to get off to a good start. He he doesn't do a lot spectacularly, but that's okay at Augusta. Golf your ball, keep it in play. Don't hit foul balls. Putt okay. Avoid three putts. That's kind of and yes, Scotty can get streaky, but I still think overall it's a good formula for him. And I think within that formula, both those guys could end up at the top. And heck, maybe we even have a Cam Scotty playoff coming. I'm going to read you some some current odds to win. Sure. Tournament. I'll, I'll give you everyone who is uh, better than than plus two thousand or better odds than plus two thousand to, uh, to to win the tournament. This this is via Vegas Insider as we're recording, and I'll, I'll do it in order as most most likely to win by, by their rating to least likely. Uh, John Rahm, Colin Morikawa, Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, the aforementioned Cameron Smith, Rory McIlroy, Dustin Johnson, Victor Hovland, Xander Shoffley, Brooks Kepka, Patrick Cantlay, Bryson DeChambeau. Um, somebody out of that group that you think, let's take Cameron Smith out of it since we just talked about him. Someone out of that group that jumps out as someone who you really believe is going to be a part of the conversation on Sunday. Can I start off by eliminating somebody? Yes, please do. 
Bryson should not be competing in the Masters. So goodbye, Bryson. Well, he's he's, he's got to get ready for the long drive. Yes. What is he doing? <laughs> Sean, please. He did not look good at mat- match play and has uh, hit a couple of shanks in Austin as well. Yeah, that, that um, ugh. Okay, so now that we've eliminated him, what's that now? Uh, uh, um, eight guys plus Cam Smith? Yes, we have, yes, uh, yes we, we, we've got all, about 10 guys left here. Yeah, so Morikawa, he is the best iron player on the planet. Maybe Tiger if he's healthy. But the best iron player on the planet. Augusta's the second shot golf course. Augusta's about tears. If you have any kind of firmness coming into the week, then preciseness becomes part of the equation. And if that's part of the equation, Colin Morikawa is going to be the guy every single time in my mind. I would not be surprised if he's the next guy to win three green jackets. Mm. I'm that bullish on Colin. Even, even though he's kind of struggled a little bit recently? Yeah, because guess what? I think he's, he, he's a bit like Brooks in that Kepka rises up in the big moments. Colin does as well. And he's really good about hitting the reset button with Dr. Rick Sessinghouse, his swing coach. Uh, Dr. Sessinghouse has talked to me about the importance of being able to get rid of stuff, but also um, saving the, the knowledge at the same time while also getting rid of it. All the bad stuff. So you learn the lesson and, 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 and then you shed what's associated with it. And I think that'll be him and Augusta. I also want to point out somebody who I would have one toe in the water, one toe out of the water. And that is Victor Hovland. Mm. Because I still worry about a short game. I still worry about a short game. But God, Tita Green, he is so good. No, I mean, I, I, I think... If you're going to pick a major golf course for him, I mean, Augusta is, is not necessarily the best place for him. I, I would tight say. Tight like kingdoms, not really in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. I would probably pick him more for a U.S. Open or a PGA Championship where there's a lot of longer rough around the greens and chipping kind of becomes uh, less of a, a skill in some ways um, or less of an exacting skill, I should say, in terms of trying to clip pitches off of off of tight lies and things like that and i mean i think you look at the past three months or so doesn't it just seem like justin thomas has been building and building and building in terms of kind of having some of these close finishes and playing some really really solid golf i you just have a just have a feeling that he's in for for a really nice week you 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 know what's really interesting about that it's very tiger-like Mm. <laughs> and obviously Tiger's one of his best friends. Tiger builds, 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 and then he reaches that crescendo four times a year and did it as, as well as anybody in this generation. And that's been JT. He's been knocking on the door, knocking on the door, knocking on the door, and just hasn't quite put it all together. He has suffered from what I call the Rory McElroy, Jerry McElroy syndrome. There are some players out there who want to win it so bad for somebody else. And there are so many people who have a hard time pulling it off. We saw Cam Smith, right? And the emotion out of him seeing his family for the first time in two years, his mom and his sister. And he was trying to win that for them and give them that winning moment. 
And I think Rory wants to win it for Jerry so bad in the same way that Justin wants to win it for Mike so bad. And I still contend to this day that, that Rory's best chance of winning at Augusta is going to come from a backdoor finish. It's going to come from somebody backing up into him. And he'll go out there and shoot a number that you don't think has any shot of holding up. And then lo and behold, the pressure gets to the guys, you know, who had a lot riding on him. And his 65 on Sunday or 66 suddenly, you know, puts him in a playoff and he pulls it off. I wanted to have a quick note on Rory because, I mean, he's mentioned in every single lead up to the Masters. But I just found it interesting that he's playing Valero this year, the week prior to the Masters. And we saw, you know, Jordan won at Valero last last year and uh, could have easily won the Masters the, the following week if he hadn't putted uh, atrociously, probably the worst putting performance at, at, that he's ever had the Masters. Thoughts on Rory playing the week before, uh, you know, at Valero heading into Augusta? Do you think that makes any difference? He's tried every formula there is. Ultimately, I think it's a Magnolia Lane issue, not a Rory McIlroy mm. issue. I, I think you can try any lead-up possible, and it's not, it, it won't make a difference. Rory and, and the folks out there will, will recognize this. Houston was a really good um, prep course for the Masters. Valero is not. TPC nope. San Antonio, nothing personal against that golf course. It's just not the best tune-up for it. It's actually a lot better of a course for Rory than Augusta is. Yes. So I think that this is a Magnolia Lane issue and not a Rory McIlroy issue. I think the only way that this can impact somebody negative, I think the only way Valero can impact you negatively is if you get the shanks or if you have the yips or if you develop some kind of problem that can carry over, short putting, for example. If you have a horrible week inside four feet, that's where I think it can carry over. I don't think a bad week at Valero is ultimately going to sink or swim your you know, chances of having a chat with Jim Nance and Fred Ridley and Butler Cabin on Sunday night. I want to I throw something out here yeah. that's kind of interesting that I've kind of thought of as we get closer to the Masters. Just the, if you look at, let's say, the top 20 guys who you would think have a shot to, to win this golf tournament, a lot of them are just not playing that well yeah. right now. You, we've already yeah. talked about Bryson. Um, what about Tony Fee now? Not, not playing good golf at all. Dustin Johnson has kind of been, you know, I know he had a, a, a nice finish to the Players' Championship, but he's kind of been MIA for, for a while now. Um, Jordan Spieth, not really playing that great of golf to, to start the year. And, you know, I know you, you like Morikawa a lot, but he missed the cut the players. He's, uh, he didn't play well at Valspar. He's been a little bit all over the place. And even, even by John Rahm's lofty standards, he has been a little bit out of sorts. Uh, thoughts on maybe just some of the, some of the bigger names, uh, you know, not really being coming into the Masters playing particularly good golf and the possibility of maybe another Hideki uh, Matsuyama kind of winner coming out of this tournament. And just to amplify Sean's point, folks, here are the winners in the PGA Tour in 2022. So this is the 2022 only portion. Cam Smith, Hideki, Hudson Swafford, Luke List, Tom Hoagie, Scotty Scheffler, Joaquin Neiman, Sepp Straka, 
Ryan Brim, Scotty Scheffler, Cam Smith, Sam Burns. Well, we've talked about the three common denominators here, which are, uh, sorry, the two common denominators, which is Cam Smith and Scotty Scheffler. Sam Burns is just playing, you know, three wins in the last 12 months. You look at his kind of grinded out style. It works. And then you drain a, a long putt and, and that's what pays off, right? So in my mind, he's got that plotting attitude that can work around Augusta. In terms of the other guys, I think you're seeing a whole bunch of different things happen. John Rahm is a dad now. I think his mind can, can kind of wander into multiple places. Morikawa, we talked about his issues. Uh, Victor Hovland won at the very end of 2021, not exactly been sharp. Patrick Cantley took the whole fall off last year. Justin Thomas is close. Rory hasn't been there. Xander hasn't won in a long time. He did win the gold medal, but hasn't really shown great golf since. Had a sneaky backdoor finish at Tampa, which, which could prove nice. Then you get to Burns. DJ has not regained his form at all since the knee injury, really. You have Hideki. Bryson, Louis Eustazen, who had all kinds of problems closing in 2021. Spieth, Billy Horschel, Terrell Hatton, Neiman, uh, Anser, and Brooks Kepka. That's your top 20 in the world. So I absolutely think that you could see a guy not only break through for the first time, but a guy we don't see coming. Somebody like Christian Bezadenhut, who... You know, those guys come out of South Africa, world-class players ready to win. And I'm not saying it'll be him specifically, but I do think you could get a Danny Willett, you know, type guy who is a world-class player and just not the go-to name on, on, you know, on people's minds for the American golf fan. This is interesting. I'll throw a name out here that he was a big part of the story last year at the Masters, and he's playing some fantastic golf this year, Will Zalatoris. Uh, would it surprise you at all to see him in contention on the back nine? And how interesting will it be to see him have some three to four foot downhill putts on the back nine uh, on Sunday if he is in contention? That would be some must-watch television given some of his issues with some with, with, with the short putting. Some ophthalmologists are going to get a, a- raise out of people having eye issues after having to watch that <laughs> here's here's where i'm stuck on willie z doesn't have a lot of scar tissue strikes the ball great but you're gonna have a lot of five six footers around augusta for par and those are the exact putts he's having problems with right now look at number five number five is a great example of this that back pin where short and you're left with a 40 footer long, you're over the green and chipping back, right? Like there's no easy way to play that, that second shot. You have to hit it in just the precise area. And it's not like some of the second nine holes at Augusta that feed in like 14, for example, or 13. You got to hit a spot. If he misses the spot, number five is a classic example of him having to drain one of those five, six footers. I can't explain it. And Tony Romo can help all he wants. And Jim Nance can name as many Tony Romo anecdotes on Willie Z as, as he can get. But he's going to have to sink some putts. And I think that's going to be a huge hurdle for Will. For Will, 
And they always talk about you can't win a tournament on Thursday. You can only lose it. I actually think a crucial shot for him could be his first short putt on Thursday. Mm. Just because of the impact it's had this year. And he just has not been able to make short putts with any kind of consistency with a stroke that's changing every single time too, Sean. Like, that's the other part of it. It's not just that it's, it's, been, it's been ugly. It's that the stroke doesn't look the same. It looks pretty good from, from 20 feet yes. or so. And it, it just totally changes. changes. Yeah, something changes when he gets to the short range. Let's, uh, I, I mentioned it briefly, Jordan. His, his record at the Masters is uh, very well documented. I'll run through his results really quickly here. T2, win. T2, T11, third. T21, T46, T3 last year. But not really playing that great of golf coming into it. Sometimes that does not really matter at the Masters. We've seen guys really turn it on out of nowhere and really have a, an affinity for that golf course and that place and be able to, to really you know, have some magic there. Thoughts on Jordan heading into the Masters? It's all going to be about the driver. Can mm. he drive it well? Um, I'm not concerned about any other part of his game. He just needs to drive it well. And I'm not sure this driver consistently can do it. And he can't be Houdini. He cannot have to rally himself from trees and, and pine straw every single time. He's going to have to find a shot shape that works. He's going to have to find the fairway. And he's going to have to eliminate the, the, the two-way miss. Now, if I'm him, um, you know, these guys with the anti-left swing, that's what they kind of panic on when it starts going left. But I would actually be okay with that if that's what he settles on. But that's, in my mind, he needs to take a breath, figure out the shot shape, figure out the miss he's okay with, and then go from there. Long shots. Um, guys who, let's say, are you know, plus 6,500 and beyond. I'll, I'll give you a few names just to look out for. Abraham Answer, Corey Connors has played very well the Masters in glimpses in the past. Uh, seems to really like Augusta a lot. How about Max Homa, plus 8,000? Um, anybody stick out to you in terms of guys who no one's really going to be talking about heading into the this tournament and, and guys who you expect to maybe su surprise some people? You mentioned Beseda and Hope. That, that's a good one. Do you have the full odds list in front of you? I do, yeah. Is Tiger still ahead of Max? Tiger is plus 4,200 right now, and Max is plus 8,000. <laughs> so he is uh, way, way ahead of Max, actually. <laughs> That, I, I can't believe that. That is, that. that is too good. He's a guy I really like. He's a grinder. He just keeps it in the fairway. Same with Abe. Abe I, the, the only concern I have about Abe is, is the moment too big. But yes, mm -hmm. his, his one PGA Tour win was a WGC. So, you know, he did beat a great field to accomplish that. But I really like Max Holmes' swagger. I like his game. I think Joey Griner is a great caddy for him. Um, so that's the name I would zone in on. And if you're looking for a top 25 guy, longer, comma, Bernhard. It's possible. I mean, it's like clockwork. <laughs> and you can also won again on the, on the PGA Tour champions earlier this season. So he's in decent form. Um, 
and then I'll give you one more name, uh, which is Taylor Gooch. Mm. Taylor Gooch has played some really good golf, really good golf of late. And that's a guy that I fully expect to get a sniff of contention on the weekend. I'll give you three more names. All these guys are at plus 8,000, which kind of really surprises me. Uh, Billy Horschel, who, you know, I, I think he should be kind of more in that second tier category and not a, not a long shot at this point. He's plus 8,000. Ryan Harmon played pretty well at Valspar and has been playing some pretty decent golf. And, and Thomas Peters. I like Thomas Peters a lot. He's kind of a guy who, uh, you know, he's a little volatile, but when he gets going, he could really play some, some fantastic golf. Uh, so I, I, I would actually think that maybe all three of those guys are going to finish ahead of Bryson in this tournament. And, that uh, I can believe. Um, <laughs> who was the first guy you mentioned? I mentioned Billy Horschel. Yeah. Billy, here's the thing about Billy. He goes on streaks. I mean, that's, that's, how, he won the, that, that's how he won the PGA Tour season-long points race in 2014. He won it by, by having one of the great putting streaks, you know, we've seen in the playoffs since they came into inception in 2017. Uh, sorry, 2007. So I think for him, some of that's the, the streakiness. When it comes to Thomas, I think that is a long shot. I think that's a good like top 20 type bet. Um, and I'll give you one other name besides Bezadenhut, and that is Cam Davis. I think, mm-hmm. you know, we, we know the record Australians have had in this tournament. A lot of pressure is going to be on the other Cam. And I think this Cam, can kind of sneak in there under the radar and uh, continue the year of the cams winning big events. And just a note to finish off Horschel. Can you believe this? Only one top 10 in majors in his career. Just very, just only a T4 at the 2013 U.S. Open. His master's record is T37 cut, T17 cut, T56, T38, and T50. Has never really played it well at Augusta, so that's probably why he is plus 8,000. And I think, you know, he's never won in his home state of Florida. And Georgia, you know, is a border state. And he probably has a lot of family and friends out there. And that can be a thing. And that can get in your head. And in, in my mind, and, and you know how I feel about the way that, that some guys psych themselves out before they even get to the first tee. I think Billy can be one of those guys um, that can kind of have so much pressure on him. And... When you look at somebody like Kepka, he doesn't give a bleep. Like, he doesn't care. He's just out there to compete. He's just out there to play hard. And he doesn't care who you're playing for, what you're playing for, what your goals are. He just wants to kick your butt. And that, I think, is the attitude that sometimes you need. And you can be playing for the wrong thing sometimes except for the right thing. And that's why I've always said Brooks Kepka would have been the best you know, he would have been an NBA MVP, would have been a, a baseball MVP, would have been a Cy Young Award winner. He would have been, you name the sport, um, a, a major champion in tennis. He's got the attitude of somebody that can win at anything he does. Yeah, if you're making a list of guys to win this golf tournament, he absolutely has to be in your top five. I think it'd be just the way that he's playing right now. He, he He's been playing some pretty good golf heading into this. And the way he's been trending at Augusta. I mean, he played last year not able to bend over. I mean, so toss that one out. 
I'm going to throw something out there, a prediction. There, you know, there's been a lot made, I would say, in the past couple of decades about the lack of success for for English golf in major championships. I mean, yeah. you had Justin Rose win the U.S. Open, and you know, we, we've had some close calls by Lee Westwood, but not really a ton going on, right? Danny Willett won the Masters, of course, but there's just you know, the last couple of decades, not a ton of sustained success wins uh, in major championships by English golfers. Terrell Haddon and Matt Fitzpatrick are playing really well. I have a sneaking suspicion that either one of those two guys is going to be in the mix in this golf tournament. I don't know why. Uh, I just really like the way they're both playing. And I think Fitz is a really good, good, uh, good fit for, for Augusta. Way more Fitzpatrick. Way more Fitzpatrick. Oh my God. I cannot stress this enough. Terrell Hatton has no shot to win at Augusta National. Really? Zero. Zero. Write it down, underline it, and put three exclamation points beside it. You can't get mad around Augusta National. If you do, it will rise up and bite you. You cannot get mad around Augusta National. Terrell Hatton lives on this edge that John Rahm has successfully navigated his way off of. John Rahm used to have this big temper. And what John Rahm realized is that if John Rahm just uses that as fuel, but not as fire, he's okay. Now he's a U.S. Open champion. Terrell Hatton runs hot. You cannot run hot at Augusta. Done. No shot. Until I see something different from him, nothing. Counterpoint, Haddon plays really well at Bay Hill, a place where guys get pretty frustrated pretty easily. He's been able to to make it through there. Although I would say that Haddon traditionally would probably fit better in maybe a U.S. Open environment than he would in a Masters environment. He, he needs an environment where, where, where every single player will get aggravated at least once. <laughs> Fair enough. I don't think you're going to get that at Augusta. There are guys that come into Augusta having accepted that stuff's going to happen. I don't think he comes in with that attitude. I think at the U.S. Open, it's like, geez, if I'm, I, I, I don't know, try to think of somebody who's not super long. If, if I'm... Um, a dancer. Yes. If, if I'm a dancer and I see six-inch rough at a U.S. Open, I'm done. Like, I got to hit every fairway or else I'm out. That's where Hatton gets this advantage, where at Augusta, it's so even. You can't let yourself get too high or too low. And that's Hatton's big bugaboo. A couple of guys, just to close this out, that we have not talked about much in this podcast. How about Xander? So close last year, had the triple on 16. Thought that he might have a chance to, to catch Hideki there at the end. Uh, you mentioned it's been a while since he's won on the PGA Tour. All, all the way back in 2019 in Hawaii. Thoughts on Xander possibly contending? I think that, that the fact that he is the reigning gold medalist will give him a little bit of confidence in terms of he was in a place that was unusual last year, and now he's used to it. And, and or He actually may have been there in 2019, if I'm not mistaken, on Sunday. I think it's a little more comfortable in, in 2021. Then he wins the gold medal. Now he'll be even more comfortable. I think you could see that situation playing out. I think the the one concern that I have about Xander, what happened on 16 last year is just mind-boggling. I mean, that ball was not even close. 
nobody hits in the water there. Nobody on to, uh, to that pin. So that's my concern is does he need a couple more trips around there and game conditions to figure this out? And, and one, one more uh, guy who had a chance when Tiger won the 2019 Masters but made a costly bogey on the 16th hole, Patrick Cantlay, a guy who just has not really shown up in major championships overall outside of that one 2019 Masters. Uh, it, it's time for him to start being a factor in majors, isn't it? I'm not saying that he has to come out, yeah. him, but he, it's, time for him to, it's time for him to contend more consistently. I think he will come back to regret not playing a lot last fall. He's been in kind of catch-up mode this entire year, and I don't think I, – I don't see it. And I think ultimately that shows in him not contending this week. I think next year's Masters is way more likely for him. I love Southern Hills for him at, at, at the PGA Championship. I think that's way more a golf course for him. Closing thoughts on the week that will happen? Uh, maybe, maybe anything on the golf course? Do we expect, uh, you mentioned it up front, do we, do we really expect the golf course to play differently? I mean, it's really just going to be weather dependent, you know, in terms of how, how firm they're able to, to make it. Uh, but we know that Augusta generally pulls back a little bit on, on some of those firmness levers. But just, you know, closing thoughts in, in terms of heading into the week. My general thought heading into the week is they made 11 longer. They made 15 longer and changed the way that it is routed. I don't think we'll see a major change in how it actually plays. What I think we will see is a golf course that will lead to excitement. I think Augusta has realized that, that they can separate themselves from the other majors by having that second nine ex accepted excitement. Hideki won this thing last year on Saturday after the weather delay, by the way he putted and learning those greens and putting those greens the way they did it and judging them well. I can't wait to see how this week plays out because I can't wait to see this golf course holds up to guys that I think are expecting a test and may actually get an easier golf course than they expect. That is what I'm curious to see. Favorite hole in the back nine coming in coming in Sunday. What's one that right now you every every year heading into the tournament you're like I cannot wait to see this hole on Sunday. 18. Mm. It's just something special about it. Mm. There's something really really special. And I'll, I'll, I'll just say this, having been there and walked it, God, the way that 10 drops off. You, you'll never believe it unless you're actually walking, yeah. walking down that slope. Yeah. <laughs> Jeremy, thank you for joining the podcast once again. We'll have you on again sometime soon. Look forward to this year's Masters Tournament at Augusta National. Always one of the great thrills of the golf season. Thanks for coming on, bud. You got it. Anytime, Sean.